<laughs> Move me. I guess we'll do it that way. Episode 39, Part 1. I've said so many times how I wish I could have like a little DJ soundboard. I feel like now though, every time I tell a story, you're gonna punchline it with that fart sound. Exactly. <laughs> I love this podcast so much more than I used to. I don't know who's, who would abuse that fart button more, you or my seven-year-old. <laughs> it's a toss-up, for sure. Ah! Uh, <laughs> oh, John. Oh, John. Here we are, back from the dead. Oh, man. John, what's the latest? Well, I woke up early this morning and uh, took my kids to school, went and helped my dad do some stuff at his house. We went over and fixed a deck for an invalid. And, um... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh dear. Does, uh, does this person does this person enjoy being referred to as the invalid? <laughs> I, I took TBH. I don't know their name. I went over. <laughs> just some pathetic sick person. Just some. Wheel. I bet ninety six percent of our audience is is invalids because oh. I would listen to a lot of podcasts if I was stuck in the house all day. So yeah. So I'm uh, I'm out here jacking up decks in North Georgia. What are you up to, my dude? Did you just finish something recently? Nah, I just been putzing around playing Zelda on Nintendo Switch. Right? Did you get the Ocarina of Time yet? The what? The Ocarina of Time. You can tell I haven't actually played Zelda yet. Ooh. Um. Yeah, dude. Finished this movie, which was nuts. Yeah. How did How did everything shake out? Oh man, John, don't don't tempt me with such an open ended question. <laughs> um. Nailed <laughs> <laughs> him. I don't need a sound box to do fart sounds, baby. People people are like, yeah, but the best part is because it's the same every time. <laughs> we definitely just lost our Islamic Republic listeners for sure. <laughs> Mahmood is too crude. I'm amazed they stuck with us this long. Yeah, dude, the movie was absolutely crazy. I'm, yeah. I, I'm tired of... I'm tired of saying that. I feel like everyone's probably tired of hearing it, but... Well, tell us why it was crazy. Well, okay. There were a few times where we were on set, and we had a good day. Yeah. And I was kind of joking. The first time that really happened, where we were just like, dang, we just whooped that day's ass. I pulled Johnny Ray, who plays Rufus, pulled yeah. him aside. And I was like, hey, dude. Because he had like so many lines that day, and we had like so many complicated camera things and stuff to do and i was like yo you know what we just did we just took that day took that whole day of shooting all those scenes and kind of put our hand on its shoulder and kind of tapped it on the cheek in a really patronizing way mm. and then we were like get the fuck in the can mm. and it did and it just walked off with its tail between its legs and was like yes sir that's kind of what we did to this movie dude we were like, get in the can. 
and it did. It was just like, yes, okay, fine, fine, I'll go in. It was like a genie in a bottle. It was just like, get the fuck in there! And it was like, we were like, it was okay. Yeah. Zoop, 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 zoop. That's what it did. So I'm feeling feeling pretty good. Yeah, you should. Well, usually you try to get the genie out of the bottle, but you guys stuck it back in to be released at another date? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the a movie is this genie, mm. and it's un, unwieldy, and you have to wield it. It's a genie that grants one wish, the wish to see a great movie. Exactly. John, you're so insightful. Mm. So you think everything went well. I do. And again, I'm not saying, I, you know, I, 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 I like to set low expectations, not high. Sure. But I do genuinely think that it is an excellent project. Yeah. And we know from talking to you that you had an editor on set frequently. Mm-hmm. Mari. And yep. you've probably seen how much of the movie now? Not totally completed, obviously, but a mm. rough cut of how much. Honestly, I haven't watched a lot. Okay. I have seen scenes totaling maybe, I've maybe watched 12 scenes out of technically like 80 something, but I've Mm. seen more than technically 12 scenes. Like I've probably seen a quarter of the movie. Right. But honestly, I haven't watched much of it. I haven't watched a lot of dailies like we talked about. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't really gotten into the edit when will the edit start it in start in earnest as soon as this podcast ends really you'll go over and meet with mari no i'm doing it we're so we're co-editing yeah and i have some i have a couple drives at my house now and i have a computer i i sprung for a mac mini okay and a uh and a monitor because i it was like i'm not gonna edit this movie on a laptop sure that's a little silly and my laptop, I tried. My laptop was too slow. So I went and got a Mac Mini. I'm sitting at what will now be the official editing station for me. Mari right. has her own setup kind of at home. But yeah, we're starting. I mean, we looked at some stuff yesterday, kind of came up with a process. You know, there's so much data. Like mm-hmm. there's so many, I want to say thousands of clips. I don't know. There's an insane number. Yeah. And they all have to be synced with sound and they all have to be organized and they all have to be, you know, cause we filmed them all on different days and they all have to get back in order and all that kind of crap. So that was a lot of what Mari was doing as well as like putting together, excuse me, putting together kind of rough, um, rough assemblies of various scenes. And now what we're going to both start doing is going in and picking. I mean, the, the, the real plan is basically we're going to pick several scenes that feel like they could be close soon and kind of massage them. Mm. And then we're going to do what's called a show and tell, or at least we're calling them that it, that with uh with a couple of our executive producers who are like sales and sort of into that world. And we're going to basically show it to them and be like, what do you think we should do with this? You know, like right. here's some scenes, here's a deck. These are some materials that you could use. Do you think, what do you like, what festival should we like, you know, gut check how we're feeling about certain things and, and get them excited about it and see, see kind of what the next step is going to be. And these are people that are, <laughs> oh boy. Um, these are people that are already involved in the project. Like I met um, two of the. Um, Did you meet Tiffany and Elsa? Yeah. yeah so that's who yeah, you're talking that's about. Who that's who you would go to. Yep. And you would show them the yep. completed project, and you would say to them, "Oh no, no, no! We would show them like um, we would show Sorry, them like complete. parts, three scenes or something, right? 
and you say to them, where should we show this? And they say to you, you're the producer. You're supposed to tell us this kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> they basically, I think, will say, I'm going to go in and I'm going to say, Tiffany, I want to go to a cool festival. And I think Toronto would be a good option because it's in the fall. And I like Toronto. And Toronto is a major international festival with a legit market. And it's a cool festival. And she's going to be like, yo, it's really hard to get in Toronto. I don't know if you can do that. And I'm going to be like, I know, but do you think this movie is good enough? And I hope she's going to say, yeah, this movie kicks ass. Let me call everyone I've ever known and see about how we can start getting you to submit the movie and have someone who actually makes decisions watch it. Because sometimes you end up with 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 like – you never know who's going to watch it. Like that's the biggest thing about getting into these things is like, if you can have some sort of inside track, everyone watches every movie that gets submitted. But if you can have some sort of inside track, it's not necessarily like going to get you in, but it might mean that somebody with a little bit more pull sees it a little earlier before it kind of gets filtered through the system accidentally. And these EPs, executive producers that you're going to go meet with they're industry. people. Yes. I thought they were just like your honor, like that kind of lawyer. Oh no no no! They're that's why they're EPs because that like I Terry and I really tried to make sure that every EP on the project is bringing a lot of value, you know. Gotcha. Um, and Tiffany and Elsa, Elsa is the the founder and sort of head of our law firm. Her partner Erica is our lawyer, and then Tiffany is another partner at the firm, but she focuses on on sales. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then I mean I got to talk Tiffany. I think like she kind of wants to try to take some of the stuff out and see about possibly getting me repped as a director, um, which would be really cool. Um, I don't know, man, there's a ton. It's, it's weird looking at the movie because if, if everyone can hear like a jackhammer in the background, I'm very sorry. Can't hear it. Good. I, it's just the sound of new ground being broken. Y'all look at, <laughs> you know what that sound is? Oh, oh boy. Still catches me off guard. I I think John, I feel like man, it's gonna take me a minute to warm up because yep. I am tired. I'm not yeah. even saying that. Like, don't cut that out. This is like just me saying I don't yet feel myself again. Yeah. Well, you know, I told you this before, but um, we got this little dog and he ate my headphones, and mm. um, I am so. I did not know that actually. Your your yeah. AirPods. No, my like plug-in ones that I plug in to use for oh, the podcast. Got it, got it, got it. He chomped them and destroyed them like the first day I had him. He's much, Good much better. Boy. He's actually sleeping like a nice little smoocher at my oh, feet as we speak. Oh, little buddy. How old is this young boy? Who knows? But he chewed my... Uh, he's about two, <laughs> two three months. He chewed he's my headphones. And uh, I, I f- keep forgetting to get new ones because I have you know, ones that plug into my phone. So I never think about it. Um, but now I'm using my son's headphones that he got to like take some test at school. And it sounds, they're the type of headphones that go in your ear, but it, they're so crappy. It, I'm waiting for that tone to come in like the, you know, the, the hearing test. Did you ever take those? Oh, they're like that. Yeah. I had those, Ew. now I have in-ear ones, but the sound is so bad. It's like the headphones you get on Ew. a plane or something. So you're trying to warm up. It sounds that like you're sounds... talking to me through the ocean or something. 
what if I am? What if I am talking to you through the ocean? It seems possible. What if I'm talking to you? What if we have another shitty audio episode? Everyone will quit listening. No, 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 no. Man, John, I don't know. I, I'm kind of going through a little something right now, man. Yeah. It's it's a weird, it's a weird experience. My wife does shows, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every day, I've seen this, you know, ten thousand times now because we've been married for, f- forever, and. And she does, what, four a year, five a year? They do. Well, they're about, I think, next week they start or the week after, and they do, like, six of these shows, man. But when they're done, it's such a process, and it's, you know, it's a high level, even though it's high school. She's quite Oh, yeah, no, they're legit shows. Legit shows, but the kids always crash, dude. The the last night, they're, like, so excited, and they, like, they do the best job they've done yet. And then about an hour after, after they've gotten their flowers and their grandmas giving them chocolates and hugged them, they inevitably, like 50% of them start crying for the rest of the night. Yes. It's a huge emotional yeah. toll, man. You know, I, w- you I wished that you guys were around. What's that? Have you cried since the last day of shooting? No. Yeah. Well, you told us last time or several times ago that you do not cry. I would like to. I'm waiting to cry. I think a right. I think an opportunity is going to come, and I will definitely cry. Right. Maybe it'll be good. No, I, I'm actually looking forward to it. I, I'll put it this way, John. Um, the last eight weeks, you know, which I would consider like the last eight weeks effectively have been kind of like full time rollers, hardcore, oh, yeah. twelve to sixteen hours a day minimum type days for yep. eight weeks. Which I'm not complaining. I'm just it's a lot saying it's a lot and I care a lot, you know, like I care a lot, a lot. And I am not sure what that will result in. You know, like it meaning I um meaning I, I guess I'm just still thinking it all through because like I feel I feel like I sort of foreshadowed this a little bit, but now I can kind of confirm that it's real. Like this project in ways that I never expected took it out of me, you know, like, and I'm not burned out just to be clear. I'm, I'm thrilled, but I, I am at this weird stage where I, I, I don't know that I've ever felt like this because I've possibly maybe been this, this sort of, tired at some point but i don't know that i had the emotional awareness to diagnose it you know and i think making this kind of an interesting phase of my life but man like i i just feel like i just went through something you know like i feel like i yeah. i don't want to overstate it but i feel like i just did like the i did a rod or something like mm-hmm. I, I feel like i just did something that is kind of supposed to kill you and it weirdly was the most fun i've ever had really I, John, I don't even know where to begin with how much I love making movies. I love everything about it. That can't possibly be true, but we'll get there. I, John, I even love, I feel like I just, you know, the feeling when you like go on a really hard hike and you're like, this level of exhaustion is good for me Mm -hmm. in some way. And I don't want to do it every day. And also, because it's such a hard hike, I did something that I think very few people do. And, beca- and and that makes it 
interesting and unique of it as an experience and a lot of other people that I really, 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 really like also did the same exact thing. And we all did it together at the same time. Right. And because of all of that, that makes the whole thing better. You know, like the harder the hike, the more satisfying the view at the end, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah, if you don't lose a limb or and, something. And I'm not even close to the end yet. That's part of what I'm realizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. But, like, that's what I'm starting to realize is just it's, A, like, wow, this was a long road. And, B, weirdly, this is, like, the base camp. Right. <laughs> like, this is, like, base camp in a way. And so there's part of me that's, like, I don't know, man. I'm still it's, – it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. Um, all but I, I really do love it. Yeah, all whenever I talk to anybody about this, you know, a lot of people around here have asked me what's going on. Like people at church or friends, mutual friends of ours are like, "What's up with the movie? What's going on with saying that he's done?" Mm-hmm. And I tell everybody, you know, I of course I tell them what's going on, but my like bigger picture view of all this is like that this is um it's so much work to even get this ball rolling right to get to a place Mm -hmm. where you can credibly say not just say it people say shit all the time but to credibly say i'm gonna make a movie soon that's huge then to assemble the pieces and even start how many movies have started and never finished i wonder i don't know i doubt it's a lot because i don't think that many movies are getting made it's a lot though yeah but i bet it's a number it actually is a lot i bet it is And then to actually complete all of this, like just from the big picture view, if you were watching this from a distance, you'd be like, holy shit, it's impressive already. If this movie, for whatever crazy reason, um, doesn't see the light of day, to me, it almost doesn't matter. Or even say like, Mm. there are masterpieces that go unnoticed. Like um, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about Citizen Kane. I was talking to somebody about Citizen Kane. It had like a month long run before they tried to bury it. And for how many years? Like 30 Mm. 30 years that movie was not really seen or appreciated. Wow. Wow. I'm sure these numbers are wrong and somebody's pulling their hair out, but relax. No, but the, the the, yeah, the, the, the idea is there. The idea is true. No, you're right, man. I I appreciate that. But, um, Um, the other part of this, let's stay on that for a sec. Let's stay on, let's stay on that for a sec. It's not the end. The other part of that though is what happens or like, what's the, there is a possibility that this, for whatever reason, does nothing or virtually nothing, right? right? Like you go to some uh, oh, yeah. festivals and then that's the end of it. In fact, you've yeah. had experience with it's other movies. It's more likely that that happens. It's much more, not much more, but it's more likely than not, right? Mm, much more likely than than likely. Right. So how do you feel? Not to Even project- at this point, yeah. Yeah, is that does that factor in at all to your feeling now? Are you like, dude, we just did it. We ran the race. It's amazing. Doesn't matter if we win, doesn't matter if we win next year. We just did it. Is that how you feel or is there some part of you that's like nervous about the future for this film? Hmm. That's a good question. I want to give you a good answer. I'm going to think on it for a second. <laughs> um No, I've been thinking about this for a long time. You know, yeah. we've been talking about it a lot. Um, and I think probably the best way to sum it up 
would be. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. I think the best way to, I think the best way to answer that, I feel like this was the the greatest professional experience of my life. Yeah. Um, I met people that I would like to work with for the next 40 years. And I don't say that with any shred of exaggeration. Yeah. I realized that I am deeply, deeply passionate about making movies because I think it, I I feel like the last 29 years of my life in some very strange ways have prepared me to not only love it, but to do it pretty decently well. Right. I think. And to your point, those are some big freaking things. That's a lot. You know, like I, 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 I weirdly, I told Kelly, like, I weirdly feel like there was a period of time where I was like, you know, to put it in a different context, we're always, I'm always sort of putting it in different contexts because I just don't know how to process this myself. So I'm trying to put it in context of like things that I've seen other people go through, you know? And it's like, I want to go to an Ivy league school, you know, like I want to go to Harvard and everybody's like, dude, that's so hard. Like, just go to the state school down the road. And it's like, yeah, that's the state school down the road is freaking great. But, like, I specifically want to study with the people that only teach at Harvard. And it's not an elitism thing. It's not that I don't think there's lots of good stuff to learn other places. It's just this group of people is doing – they're the only group, this group of 20 people. You know, they're one of the – they're one of – 20 schools in the world that's doing the level of research that I want to be a part of, you know? Right. So yeah. there's nothing elitist about wanting to go there. You just freaking have to. If that's you're going to be a doctor, you have to thing. go to med school, period. Right. But it's also like, I don't want to just be a doctor because there's nothing wrong with just being a doctor in like a small town. That's sure. incredibly admirable. But for me, I'm kind of like, I sort of want to try to figure out how to do something big. You know, like I sort of want to start down the very slow and long 50 year path of trying to cure cancer. That's I, 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 I don't at all say that movies are even one hundredth of the importance of curing cancer, but in terms of the, the size of like, I, I, I only say cancer cause it sounds impossible. And to me, I weirdly want to try to make art, that feels impossibly deep and impossibly Mm. good. You know, like I, I think that's increasingly becoming my goal because even just while making this movie, I realized how much I love the process of enriching things and making layers fold in on themselves and deepening things and, and fighting for perfect performances and fighting for, hilarious jokes as opposed to sort of funny passable jokes and finding deep seriously surprising little emotional moments like i'm realizing that that specifically is what's exciting to me about all of this um yeah not just in movies but and i only spend so much time articulating that because that has always been the goal but i think there is a big question in my mind about whether or not I would enjoy the process of making a movie because it is so different. 
than I ever expected, and I knew it would be different than I expected. I mean, you were there. Like, I think yeah. everyone has a different experience. Like, I think some people are like, wow, this is phenomenally tedious. You know, it's so much waiting and so much doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And then some people are like, wow, it seems like too much. I just want to focus on one thing or whatever. And all of those are good. But for me, I'm kind of like, wow, I even love the challenge of trying to create a working environment for 20 plus people where after 20 plus days, they all still like each other. You know, like to me, even Give us that an example is of that. part of what's interesting. Tell us how you did that. If you did it, how'd you do it? Um, I don't know how I did it. I might have to reflect on that more. And I don't know if I did. I mean, that's something that I want to talk to people who were part of the movie about. You know, like I think that's going to be. Oh, baby. Let's let's preview some episodes, John. Oh, this is what we. And do then best I want to answer your question. We have. Um, I know. We, <laughs> I think, ninety percent of our episodes are uh, teasing future episodes so i know let's but do that's, it now that's, that's why we're people best come at. back let's why people come back um, next week i want to have i want to have a serious period of debrief um because people have stuck with us for 39 episodes already without really hearing a lot about the movie yeah and i want to spend an appropriate amount of time talking about what happened from as many angles as is humanly possible. Yeah, before, because... we, um, before we start on that, have I ever told you about the pyramids? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, kidding. <laughs> oh, John, this is why I need you in my who would be, uh Who would be the first person? Tara, yeah. Uh, just to be honest, Tara likes being behind the scenes. I have a feeling it's going to be tough to get her excited about being on the show. Yeah, I feel like we could coax her out, though. Shout out to Tara. Tara, remember when you told me around that kitchen, that great ghost story that I have now repeated all over the country? Come on, Tara. You got a lot to share. <laughs> uh, Tara, will we'll just get her a little drunk or something. It'll be good. Bingo. Um No, I there would be some some structure. I think what I do want to do, though, I want to talk to the actors and be mm-hmm. like, what I'm actually going to meet hopefully with one of our actors, Kate soon. And I, I'm just going to be like, Kate, what was your experience of this movie? Like, right. You know, let's get deep about that. And I want to do that off air with people, but I do also want to do it on air anyway, preview episodes. There's going to be a lot of that. And I'm excited about it because I think it's going to take a minute to unpack all of this in part, because some of it will, change as the edit continues you know and right. and and the edit the next step is based like i said like i'm not gonna dive into the whole movie yet like i'm not gonna watch a rough cut i could watch rough cut today it would be incomplete in certain small areas but like i could technically watch a rough cut but i actually want to wait as long as i possibly can before i watch a rough cut because i am in this like hyper hyper sensitive focused mode where every detail kind of seems important which is what i sort of prepared myself to do for the movie and i want to stay there for a bit because as soon as i watch a two hour and 15 minute cut of this ridiculous movie i'm gonna be like oh my gosh there's so many like big macro level problems that i need to solve and Mm -hmm. then i'm gonna lose sight of the micro stuff so i'm trying to stay in the micro which is hard because man there's part of me that wants to just watch this fucking movie already but i'm trying to be patient 
Yep. Um, so what, what was the stuff? question that I so successfully diverted us from? I don't know, but now I'm on another diversion because I want to know what you mean. What oh, type of macro boy. stuff are you actually talking about editing like smaller scenes or are you talking about other micro stuff? Uh, yes. No, specifically, I mean like macro, an example of macro would be like this 35 minute chunk of the movie feels slow. Gotcha. And like moving scenes around and like these two scenes butt up too close to each other without like, you know, it's that kind of stuff. The beginning feels weird. The ending's boring, you know, big mm. stuff. I want to focus on, do I like this performance or this performance? Gotcha. And do I want to put that next to this performance or this performance and do it? Does it matter to me that, that thing isn't perfect in the background. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I wonder if you start that way, will you run into problems? Meaning like putting too much work into it too early? Sort of, but also if you, if you notice that there's a big, uh, say like the first 30 minutes are too slow and you got it, but you've already spent time like meticulously going through and picking which version of this two minute interaction is the best one mm, where you, yeah, you might cut that. that anyway. So now you've spent a whole day looking yeah. at this little scene that you've cut later. Right. That's part of the risk I'm taking, but it's a risk you're willing to take, huh? It's a risk I'm willing to take because specifically because one of the things that I learned about directing and I will continue to learn this in new ways. But one of the big things I learned is that one of my biggest jobs as a director is to always have the whole movie in my head at all times right. and to know how each thing is going to be a part of the movie. Because as much as I try, no one else has the whole movie in their heads. It's right. just not, it's not possible to communicate it to all of them. They all have about ranging from one to 45% of the movie in their heads, but they don't have a hundred percent because I can't articulate it all. So my job starting with casting, not starting with casting, starting with the script, my job throughout the process has been to sort of answer those questions. Like the, 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 the process of deciding if the movie's working on a macro level, I, I, I think what I'm trying to say is that diagnosis is only accurate if I'm looking at scenes that actually reflect what I want those scenes to be. Yeah. You know, like I can't tell if the movie, and, and again, it's a risk, but like I can't tell if the movie's slow if I'm watching a version of six scenes and all of them are much, much, much slower than I want them to be. Of course the movie's slow. Every single scene that I'm watching is slower than I want it to be. So it's like part of what I'm trying to do is this weird, like uh, from the beginning, it's been tough to get people excited about the project without having like at least one really good conversation because it's not as simple as like, Oh, there's this story that's really compelling. Now let's build stuff around it. It's like, it's always been this like little weird contained world. And a lot of things are dependent on each other to make sense. You know, like the comedy is really dependent on the delivery, the delivery and like the jokes are very sort of like, for instance, we talked about this a lot on set. Um, the, the comedy in rollers is very rarely, um, it, it, it 
borrows from very broad tropes, but at the end of the day, the comedy in Rollers is much more um, situational than I think people expect. And in some cases, other people read Rollers and they're like, oh, this is just kind of like a drama that's a little funny. And I'm like, no, it's kind of both. Like, it's it's very silly and slapstick even at times. But that might also happen. There's a fart joke at the end of a very dramatic scene between two characters who used to be best friends. And it's like people, people, a lot of people throughout the process have been like, that doesn't make any sense. And I agree. But then there's also this part of me that's like, but you just have to see it. Like you just have to understand who these people are and these characters. And you, and and in that particular case, you have to know who Rufus is and Rufus uses comedy as defense. That's what we talked about a lot. You know, like Mm. uh, Johnny Ray and I, honestly, all of us, I yeah. said, you guys use jokes and sarcasm and you poke fun at each other as a way to protect yourselves. Right. Because, and that is what this comedy is. And, and, and so I started creating like frameworks like that where I'm like, Donnie is another character. He's very silly. He's kind of the dumb best friend, at least in an archetype sense, but he's much different than that because like I talked to Kevin and we like develop and it's written to be a much more complicated character, but like on the surface, it feels that way. So in some ways, like Donnie's dumb and Donnie's broad and all these kinds of things. But you know, there's nuance to that because really Donnie's actually not dumb. John Donnie appears dumb because the thing that drives his humor is joy and he's not anxious. He is, he comes from a position of like, life is good. Let's enjoy it. Let's be chill. And he sees threats to that as negatives. You know what I mean? Like he's coming from a very healthy standpoint in a way. He's a voice of reason, even though he's very silly. Whereas Rufus is coming from this place of anxiety where everything is a potential threat. And so even comedy is a way to protect himself from people who he's close to. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I've read the script now, you know, not now, but I've read the script and Mm -hmm. I've even seen these people acting these parts out. And um, what you're saying makes perfect sense. Like two of the scenes, one of the scenes we have, um, I think it was, it's towards the end that I saw filmed is when Johnny is standing up in front of the crowd and mm. he says like, I was going to give a speech, but fuck it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I realized it like, sucked. <laughs> yeah. I realized it sucked. Yeah. It's that thing. You know, it's, he's in front of a crowd of a bunch of people and he, he's, self-deprecating and like cutting himself down yeah. but that's the joke too it's both the joke and it's both it's revealing it's kind of this little nod to the audience where it's like yeah he sort of got his shit together but he's still the same person he still right. has wounds you know he's not gonna all of a sudden get up there and just be this like supremely confident perfect person like he's still saying goodbye to this place spoiler and and, and, and anyway that that to me is is one of the things that i learned and I think that is a, a, a micro example, uh, you know, for instance, like making sure that each scene respects that that is the tone of the movie being like, no, actually that cheap joke or that sentimental line in that scene, I don't need to watch it as part of the entire movie to know that it doesn't fit mm-hmm. the vibe of the movie that we're trying to make right now. Right. And so I want to, uh, that, that's more what I'm talking about in terms of the order. Got you. So, you sent me um, this deck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. 
I'm curious. Like this is um. I feel bad teasing it because we can't send it out. Right. I was gonna say there's crazy. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's quite good. Um, that's part of what we're gonna be using ideally to to get people excited about the movie. To be like, hey, does this look like a small movie to you? Does it look like a little indie bullshit movie? No, didn't think so. Don't you want to buy it? That's what I hope people will say. You know what I mean? Holy mackerel. Dude, that just makes me nervous hearing you say that. Not because it's not true. No, dog. But the idea of that, of going out there and trying to sell this just sounds... Um, it's... Oh, dude. You'll be along for the whole thing, baby. Is it daunting to you or is it like, dude, I'm so excited to show this to people? Oh, that's where we were going earlier. John, here's the deal. I'm going to be hideously, hideously honest with you. Mm. As always. No, I'm just kidding. This feels so serious. It feels so serious right now. No, hit us. Oh, it just feels so serious. The other day we were at the party. We had a epic rap party at Rollers. It was oh, nice. Oh, it was so delightful. Like everyone came. We just had so much fun. Everybody was just so glad to be there. And like we were just having we did karaoke. Everybody sang. I mean, it was so completely ridiculous. Um, okay, John. So you asked me a very insightful question. No. Me? <laughs> what was it? What was it? Who who asked me some questions? Um, the person that we went to fix this deck for this morning, my dad was kind of giving me one of these like do it for the least of these kind of things, you know? Yeah. So we go out there, and <laughs> it's a pretty rough situation, dude. But um, this girl, so this grown person, like, opens a window of this pretty ramshackle house and just is yelling, <laughs> Dad! Dad! Like, one of my kids would not even do this. <laughs> You know, and it was like, you know, 30 something year old adult yelling for their like 60 something year old parent. Oh, Dad! No. <laughs> it was. Oh, boy. I, did, I didn't even know what to do, man. Oh, boy. Anyway, Dad. That's bleak. Whew. That's bleak. We've, my dad and I fixed that deck and got the heck out of there. Um, <laughs> You're like, we'll help you, but we definitely don't want to spend any time with you. Uh, I was telling my dad, I was like, Dad, you go to church with these people. They already know the gospel. Like, this is not our calling, my dude. Let's go. <laughs> that is so the opposite of what the whole Bible is about, but that's okay. I, I know. He was it. nudging me. I'm joking. I'm joking. We did it. I know. Um, I know you are. I know you are. But, I know you are. Uh, here's the deal. Okay. Well, you yeah. were going to say something. No, I was going to, I was going to try to lead us back in. So go, you're, okay, are so you nervous about showing in. this around? You're going to be hideously honest. No, no, no. Honest. Here's the deal. I'm going to be hideously honest, John. Um, I am, I totally agree with what you said, which is, it's been such a phenomenal, beautiful, um, growth inspiring challenge yeah. An artistic experience. You know, like I right. did not know what I was doing before this. And I went into it with a bunch of people who kind of sort of knew what they were doing. And we all made ourselves available. And I think we captured some very cool stuff. And that was the point of that phase. 
Now I am entering another phase where I will try to shape that stuff, those options that I have into mm. a cohesive experience that is consumable by a mass audience. Right. That is my next goal. And so in some ways I look at the first goal as like, holy shit, we got to the top of the mountain, right? Mm -hmm. That was the goal. But the actual goal from day one was actually to sort of like go to the top of the mountain in a way that no one has gone to the top of this particular mountain. So in some ways, like the discovery process was part of it. And then in other ways, getting home safely and then writing about it is another part. And so like the goal is not to get to the top of the mountain and die. You know, the right. goal is to get to the top of the mountain and come home. And so I think in some ways what I'm trying to say is like, I couldn't be more thrilled and satisfied with the way things went. Um, and yet I am as a result of being this excited, I am more excited than I've ever been to show the fruit of our labor to these what people, especially to the people who threw themselves out there to make this thing because mm -hmm. most of them have seen nothing. Right. They've seen like two clips, you know, like honestly, mm -hmm. dude, a lot of the people who worked on the movie didn't even read the script. They don't even know what's going on. Is they're that just true? there. Like, Oh, you talking about like, yeah, we had a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about like usually like all the technical roles. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but still right, like right. they're hugely important. And, and some of them came in like halfway through the movie, you know, like they came in like on day 12. Yeah. Like we had different people every day. There were people, new people on set every single day in crucial roles, you know? Uh, I pictured when you said that people didn't read the script, I just pictured Johnny Ray Gill being like, line, like every other word. Oh, oh, John, not Johnny Ray, <laughs> not Johnny Ray, but wow, dude, I'm going to preview. We could do a whole episode on our last day. What? Wow. What John. do you mean? So people didn't know their shit? The last day of rollers was the most rollers day I can possibly imagine. Oh, baby. Yes, sir, indeed it is. What's up, y'all? It's little Johnny Bear out here kicking it. Figure if Uncle Zay can finish this movie, I can do the closing credits in my natural voice. This show's produced by me and Uncle Zay. I edited this jam. Feel it. Opening songs, Flute Loop by the Beastie Boys. This song is Stay Fly by the 3-6 Mafia. Nate Giordano does our cover art. And that's it, man. That's it. It's a Mama Bear production, baby. Part two. Coming soon.